The Rogers Post Game Show is heard following each of our NHL broadcasts. Portions of this exclusive NHL broadcast are brought to you by your Alberta Ford dealers, Molson Canadian, and by Rogers. This live play-by-play broadcast is intended for the private entertainment of our audience. Any rebroadcast without the expressed written consent of the Oilers Entertainment Group is strictly prohibited. All games, all season, exclusively on the Oilers Radio Network. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Greg Anderson throws up a wall and shuts out the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. The Ottawa goaltender making 37 saves, 2-0 the final verdict. The Oilers' five-game winning streak comes to an end. A tough end to a good month as they go 7-2 in October. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Of course, we would like to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. And Craig Anderson, quite a story. A few days ago, he took a leave of absence from the Ottawa Senators. They played without him in Calgary on Friday night. The backup goaltender, Andrew Hammond, was injured during that game. Chris Dreger, a call-up from the Miners, finished the game. So, at the with the blessing and urging of his wife, Nicole, who the Senators announced yesterday has been diagnosed with cancer, Anderson returned to the team, got to Edmonton last night, took the morning skate, plays tonight, and gets the shutout, holding the Oilers off the board for the first time this season. Anderson, in his career, 10-5-1 against the Oilers with five shutouts. Well, Rob... Disappointing night for the Oilers. Maybe they just got to decline any more Sunday night home games, though they have a few <laughs> between now and the rest of the season. I mean, let's start with the power play because I know there was one in the third period, but but such a big factor in the third period that the Oilers couldn't use it to get the lead. Well, they had opportunities on it. I mean, the Oilers, what, 18 shots in the third period. When, when they fell behind, they became a better hockey club as they started pushing the pace. And the puck was in Ottawa's zone the entire third period. Uh, their power play is still a work in progress. They, they, they had some great opportunities. They weren't able to capitalize on it. Um, some nights those, those chances are going to go in, and, and we're talking different. We're talking a 2-1 victory or, or something along those lines. So, But at the end of the day, your, your power play, you've got your best players out on it. They've got to produce, and tonight they didn't. And a little out of sync, and, and there's a great example in the third period on the power play. Nugent Hopkins has the puck on the, the blue line. He's got Drew his player over to him. He's got Clefbaum all cocked up, ready for a big one-timer. He puts it into Clefbaum's feet. All of a sudden, Clefbaum now gets pressured. He pushes down the, to the McDavid on the side. Eventually, everyone's pressured. The puck goes down. Perfect, perfect chance for a one-timer with big bodies in front. Instead, a bad pass, bad execution turned into no shot, and the puck getting nice and wasting 30 seconds. So I think t- tonight the power play was about execution, and it just wasn't there. It wasn't up to to par and eventually it probably cost them a hockey game. 2-0 the final, as you would expect. Craig Anderson, the first star tonight. Cam Talbot, the second star. He continues his strong play. I mean, he stops 20 of 21 tonight. In the last six games, he has stopped 176 of 181 shots. 
for a 972 save percentage. Mike Hoffman, who had the game-winning goal, is the third star. Rob and I are going to give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We always give this to an oiler, even if they are not the winning team. And unless, well, a couple times they've lost 8-1 and we've refused to give it to an oiler. But uh, tonight, uh, I mean... Uh, in all honesty, I'm giving my, my star to... Craig Anderson of the All Ottawa right, Senators. That's fine. And what, he, what he's gone through and the way he came out tonight and the way he played. I, I, did you see the emotion that he had after the game when his teammates came in? It was like this whole sigh of relief. The game is over. His players came in during the Stars. When they handed out the Stars, Talbot was second star and Anderson was first. Talbot stayed out on the bench to, to clap for Anderson coming out onto the ice. So nice sportsmanship there. So for me, four star of the game for the first time we've ever done it. I'm going to the opposition. I'm going to Craig Anderson. And, and giving it to one of the guys who's also one of the three stars, but I'm fine with uh, doing that. <laughs> we have our own rules tonight. here, Reed. It's our own well, rules. I'll give my fourth star to the to, to Nicole and the entire Anderson family to, to wish them all the best. So, th so there we go. Uh, fill the net tonight. Unfortunately, nothing going in there. Booster Juice gives $25 for every Oilers goal all season long to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation Booster Juice is an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 780-496-0063. We have Dwayne to open up the phone calls tonight. Good evening, Dwayne. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Yeah, no, I thought the Oilers played good tonight. It was just they couldn't get the shots from, you know, in the slot where they're used to getting them all year. It's been all perimeter. They kept them to the outside. What do you think of that? Well, that's a good point. I think the Oilers did get some chances in, in in around the blue paint come the third period, but before that, the first 40 minutes, yeah, there weren't a whole lot of great A scoring chances for the Oilers. The the Ottawa Senators had a game plan. They kept things to the outside, and the way that Craig Anderson was playing, you were not going to beat him with a shot from the outside. He, if he saw it, he caught it. So uh, the Oilers needed to do a better job of getting in front and using using their size to screen and tip and rebound, and they just didn't do enough of it. Yeah, off the bat there with McDavid, his first rush of the game, came behind the net, grabbed the puck, went in. You know, we thought we were going to get a game of that, but it just it seemed to keep him to the outside all game. Yeah, well, I think it shows too, Dwayne, and, and it, it depends on the year. And I'm, you know what, Dwayne, I should look this up again because Rob and I talked about it. Remember that one night a couple years ago, Rob, I actually looked it up historically. But the team that scores the first goal, depending on the season, generally wins between 65 and 72% of the games. You know, and, that, and, and we, we touched on the power play, and think about how the complexion of this game would have changed if the Oilers even go up one nothing, mm -hmm. And they have been able to go up one nothing in Vancouver. Uh, went up one nothing against the Capitals. Went up one nothing against the Winnipeg Jets, right? So he's getting that first against the St. Louis Blues. Went up one nothing, even though St. Louis tied it. So, uh, I mean, most games don't end one nothing, but scoring that first goal, I mean, and, and if you look at games that go to overtime, scoring the first goal means probably a 75% chance that you get at least a point out of the game. You well, either win or you lose an overtime or a shootout. Well, when you give up the first goal, all of a sudden you uh, you must play mistake-free because you if, you if you're down one nothing, you make that mistake, it's down 2 nothing. well, now you're in big trouble. So, yeah, it's, it's a huge advantage. It, it's proven over the number of years that you score first, you win most times, and tonight the Ottawa Senators got the break they needed. Uh, I think Ottawa only had maybe four great chances tonight they capitalized on the one and that was all they needed is craig anderson uh was stellar and the ottawa senators did a good job of of blocking shots uh, of not allowing second shots getting pucks on sticks and it was a 
I mean, if you're from a, if you're an Ottawa fan, it was a, a good road game for the Ottawa Senators. Unfortunately for the Oilers, they just didn't do enough on home ice. I mean, having, I mean, they still had what 30, 36 shots, 37 shots. 37 on shots for the Oilers. And the shot, third period was 18 to six. They made a push. Unfortunately, that push was just a little too late. And we've and we've seen what the Oilers have been able to do in, in some of their wins this season. You know, uh, maybe get outshot a bit in the third. I don't think they've ever been outshot that bad, but. You know, sometimes you give up shots, but you have the lead and you try to hold teams to the outside. 2-0, the Senators win it tonight. Crazy Oilers fan says the Oilers played good defense. This is a text to 630-630. He goes on to say the penalty kill is looking great so far. The forwards had a sloppy night. Overall, I'd say the team has improved a lot as a group. Well, I mean, you're still going to take a 7-2 and two month. If anybody mm -hmm. would have said that before the home opener against Calgary, that you'd finish the month 7-2, and two. Obviously, uh, you would have taken that, and and now they and now they go on the road. Mick says, hopefully, the Oilers can get a 500 road trip, maybe go two, two, and one. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I know that when when you talk in the dressing rooms, you always say you win your home games, you play 500 on the road, and you're gonna have a successful season. Uh, I think this Oiler team believes they can win each and every game, and. I think it's important for them to get off to a good start on the road. You never want to start a road trip with a loss. You just don't because you're on that plane, uh, you're in a bad mood, you're feeling miserable, and you're like, okay, we got to turn it around, we got to turn it around. And a lot of time when you get on the road, it's even harder to play. So now that one game turns into two, it turns into three-game losing streak, and we've seen in the past when the others get two or three in a row, it just turns into seven out of eight or nine out of 11. So the others got to fight that and go in and I think the best part for the Oilers is this road trip starts in Toronto. I think Toronto's a, an, an exciting place to play hockey and when your star players or your especially your superstar is from there it, it's just going to be electric. I mean, I, I mean if anyone's been to an Oiler game when the, when, when the Maple Leafs or when the Canadians play here it's different. It's a different atmosphere. Well every game in Toronto has that kind of atmosphere, and it will again on Tuesday. So it should be a fun night. 780-496-0063. We have Jared up next on the phone lines. Jared, thanks Hi for guys. calling. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. well I, know, I know you're doing good. You always are. But uh, so my wife got diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago, but she kicked its butt, right? Well, she went through a naturopath, by the way, instead of uh, the hospital. But uh, you know what I... What really made me happy tonight was that Chris Neal didn't run around and take liberties like he always did. He knew that if he did, the consequences were dire. And I just love that our that's our team now, right? But but I could feel Craig Anderson's. I could feel it myself, and he wanted to win this game. And I'm actually I hate when the Oilers lose, but tonight I don't. I, Kudos to Anderson. I'm a happy man for him. His wife, his wife is smiling. Well, Jared, thanks for calling and thanks for sharing your story. I know you call regularly, so thanks for sharing the story about your wife as well. I'm glad she uh, battled through that, and I'm sure you were a big part of helping out. And from the from the human angle, from the human interest angle, it's a great story. Uh, from a hockey angle, I mean, one way to look at this tonight is that uh, Craig Anderson did to the Edmonton Oilers what Cam Talbot was able to do to a couple of uh, Oilers opponents over the last week and a half. Well, this is the only the second time in nine, nine games now, seven, second time in nine games where the Oilers have lost the goaltending battle. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't much. Wasn't much. It wasn't much. And it was two goalies that had very good nights. So, I mean, there were some positives in the game. They outshot them, almost doubled them in shots. Uh, they didn't 
after, you know, they were down one nothing. I mean, they didn't give a whole lot. The third period was a dominating period. Talbot was good again. Defensively, they looked strong in their own zone. Those are positives you're going to take, but they needed to create more, and they needed to capitalize. And I think the biggest one is the execution. The execution just wasn't there uh, on their power play, especially. And a few times in the, in the third period where they had opportunities, they just didn't execute as good as, as they have been. And you see that a lot. A team scores a ton of goals like the Oilers have been as of late. And there's that, you also need that one night where nothing goes in for you. Hopefully it's a one-off and they start this over again in Toronto. Yeah, and that execution will be the adjustment of the game we look for in Toronto. Brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, you can visit albertachiro.com. Uh, this texture says, why don't referees ever get interviewed after a game? Would love to hear the mindset of the refs on what they saw regarding brutal non-calls on McDavid. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I've, we've, we've, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, guys, because it, 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 complaining about the referee is low-hanging fruit, and the Oilers did not lose this game because of the referee. Having said that, when Connor McDavid has his head encased in Eric Carlson's arms, I would usually expect that to be a penalty. I would. I mean, that wasn't the reason they lost the game. They had four power plays. They never scored on it anyways. Uh, it would be neat, to, though, to, to hear the referees talk after games. I know that at, at certain points, umpires in baseball, baseball have talked. Baseball does it, yeah. Yeah, and, and it'd be cool to actually have them, a referee have to go in and answer questions because I know there's some players that would like to ask the referees questions after games and hold them more accountable. But tonight it had nothing to do with the refereeing. The refereeing, I thought, was fine. Ottawa plays a pretty uh, passive game. And, I mean, there could have been a penalty here or there called on them. There could have been also one or two more called on the Oilers. So this was a game where the the goaltending of Craig Anderson was better than the goal scoring of the Edmonton Oilers. Kellen, do we have Jordan Eberle ready to go? All right, let's go into the Oilers' dressing room. Jordan Eberle standing by, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Just in a little late here, just... Uh in terms of the chances you guys had, also some some chances there on the power play. What prevented you guys from not being able to capitalize? Um, you know, I, just the lack of getting shots to the net. Um, we were a little too cute. We had chances. Uh, you know, we had the puck possession, and uh, we just didn't really get anything to the net. So, um, you know, that kind of translated to our 5-5 five and five game as far as, you know, we had shots 5-5. Five and five. We just didn't create that second and third opportunities around the net. So, I mean, those are how you score against teams like that. Just in terms of playing from behind, I think it's been three or four games at least since you guys have trailed in a game. Do you guys feel comfortable, like you guys are able to put enough pressure on? And, you know, I mean, another time you get another chance like that, maybe you'll be able yeah. to capitalize? Well, we definitely pushed back. I think you guys see the shots and the chances we had, but, um, you know, came up short. You know, you, you're going to find yourself, I'm not, not going to be naive, you're going to find yourself in situations where you're down in, in games. So um, I liked our effort. You know, I prefer not to be, though. Read that short and Everly. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan. The Oilers lose 2-0 to the Ottawa Senators. Hoffman scored in the second period. Ryan hit an empty net. Bobby Ryan now with 22 points in 25 career games versus the Oilers. The shots were 37-22 in favor of Edmonton. The Oilers went 245 minutes and 57 seconds without trailing ever since they... Uh, Hence the 7-2 and two record. Yeah. Well, I guess Yakupov scored first when the Blues were here, and then about two and a half minutes later, the Oilers uh, went ahead. So that was an incredible stretch. Talbot, another long shutout streak. 
he went 112 minutes and nine seconds between goals until getting beat tonight, and obviously just the one beat him. Uh, Everly commenting then, I mean, things teams often say after getting shut out, uh, maybe uh, a little too cute at times. And then, as you mentioned, Rob, there were, there were pucks in the scoring area that they, that they just weren't able to get to tonight. Well, and we talked about it earlier, and Everly just pointed it out too. They never got second or third chances. And uh, when you play against a good goaltender and a good goaltender that's on his game, it's the second, the third, it's the tip, it's the second rebound. Those are the ones that you're going to score on. You're not going to score from a, a, a far-out shot. And the Oilers had a number of great looks, a couple big one-timers on the power play. Guys coming in, I think it was Gribe came in the back door once and had it by himself, but it was one shot, and it was over. And uh, Anderson was too good tonight for that. You needed guys in front. There was a lot of times where the Oilers got good scoring chances, but it was you, you had Anderson out on top of his crease staring at the shooter. There was no one in his face. He, there was no one blocking his view. There was no one pushing him back into the crease, so allowed him to cut the angle down. Uh, and then, the, the, so you give credit to uh, the, the Ottawa defenseman for pushing the guys to the outside, but at that point, the Oilers got to do a much better job of getting in front, creating havoc. The Oilers are, are built big now. The Ottawa Senators are not a huge team on the back end. You've got to be able to push them around at times, and tonight, uh, I don't know if it's a lack uh, of assertion by the, the Oilers forwards or just the, the Ottawa defensemen played that well. But one or the other, the Oilers didn't get the second and third chances they needed. And no Japanese Village goal light tonight on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We will turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which we've done twice so far this season. And then when they do, you can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, south side, north side, and downtown, just a short walk away from Rogers Place. 780-496-0063. We have Jeremy on the phone line. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going today? Good, Jeremy. What's on your mind, man? Oh, just wanted to make a call in on uh, the Oilers this year. I've been watching every game, and I don't think we need to panic at all. Uh, just a quick question with you guys. With uh, Lucic getting pulled off McDavid's line for a few shifts there, I think it was late in the second and the third. Uh, that's not going to be something you guys think they're going to pull them off for good. It's just to try to switch things up so they could try to make some fire, I guess, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it may go into Toronto. They may take them off for, uh, for a game. Uh, lines are always in flux. It all depends on what's happening in a hockey game. The Oilers weren't creating anything through the first 40 minutes, and I don't think it was they're saying Lucic was the problem or they're saying that uh, Maroon was the problem on his line. They, they was just, let's change it up. And Dreisaitl has shown he's had success in the past with McDavid, and they needed goals, and they needed to create, and that's why he was moved up there. So... Uh, it would not shock me either way what they did next game, but my guess is Lucci will be back playing with McDavid in every last game, and Dreisaitl will be back at center. That's my guess. Jeremy, I, I can't... And also, last uh, Wednesday, the game against Washington, I think uh, Talbot got his sixth win of the season, and I think last year it was January 2nd when he got his sixth win. That's a, a fact. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, but I think that's so right. The fan gives us something to look forward to here. Yeah, I think Jack tweeted that out after the game. I think you're in the right ballpark. And, Jeremy, about the lines, I can't remember a stretch of games where the Oilers have basically had the same lines and D pairings for what it, what has it been, four or five games in a row? I mean, part of that is that they've been winning, and the other part is that even though they have injured guys, they haven't had an injury for a few games. So the lines have, 
have stayed together for basically through the five-game winning streak. I think the only substitution was Slepyshev came out and Puli Yarvi came in. Uh, the the D were the same. The the well, other lines were the same. Success just yeah. allows that. When you're when you're winning, you don't have to change. When you're winning and you're healthy, as the Oilers have been as of late, you go with what you what has made you successful tonight. They weren't playing as well, and Todd McCollin has not been afraid to, to switch lines up and shorten a bench, and tonight he needed to. And and it was the correct move, and it, it was successful in the point where they were much better in the third period than they were in the first 40. Thanks for calling, Jeremy. We also have Sam on the line, 780-496-0063. Sam, you're our finish the play contestant. So you're going to have a chance to qualify for the grand prize draw of $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. But first, give us your thought or your question. Oh, I just thought uh, today they uh, lacked a little bit of intensity um, coming out there a little weak. But you know what? How, how, how often have you been able to say that the Oilers were the better team and still lost? Usually... They were the worst team in one, you know. So I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, things are slowly, slowly turning. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't call this a sky is falling loss by by any means for sure. Sam, you're going to get a chance to win something here, or at least get in a grand prize draw to win something. Even the Oilers don't get the win tonight. Take a listen to this, and then you're going to tell us if this is Talbot making the save or Ottawa scoring. Carlson able to hold the puck in high slot. Bobby Ryan shot. All right, Bobby Ryan taking a shot with Talbot in the net. What do you say? Uh, he doesn't score. Carlson able to hold the puck in. High slot. Bobby Ryan shot and a save Whoa. made by Cam Talbot. All right, good stuff, Sam. You are in the grand prize draw for 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Dwayne is up next on the phone line. We have more post-game reaction coming from both dressing rooms. We will get to all that. The Senators end the Oilers' winning streak. 2-0 the final tonight. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Here's Chris Wyden, forced out wide, cross ice, one-timer blocked, rebound, saved, Talbot, rebound, and that was tipped over the net. What a stop he made on Zach Smith. Another, night, another good night by Cam Talbot, but he has to settle for a loss this evening. Senators win 2-0. Talbot's save of the game is for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 10-21-780-496-0063. We have Dwayne calling in tonight. Hey, Dwayne, go ahead. Hey, you know what, Talbot stood on his head again. He was really good. And the Oilers just didn't, like you said, they didn't push anybody around tonight, and they got beat. It's just, you know, it was one of those things. And another thing is, is, you know, I left there tonight feeling pretty good that I'm an Oiler fan, considering all the fans that stayed around for the three stars and uh, gave Anderson a standing ovation. That was pretty classy, and it makes me happy to be an Oiler fan. Yeah, fair comment for sure, Dwayne. And Cam Talbot, I don't know if you heard Rob talking about earlier, but Cam Talbot uh, stayed in the Oilers' runway there and clapped uh, Anderson off the ice as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
780-496-0063. We'll get to Jason in a second. Jason, I hate to do this to you, but we're going to give a little bit of favoritism to Connor McDavid, his postgame, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving well country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Well, Connor, I'm, I'm sure you guys are happy with the effort. I mean, you guys outshot them heavily, but in the end just weren't able to get that goal at the key time. Yeah, you know, we played a good game, you know, did some good things. Uh, you just got to bear down our chances. I know we had a fair fair amount, and um, let's credit to, to Anderson. He played well. Could you tell that they were a little bit galvanized by that whole situation? That's a, that's a tough thing to see a teammate go through. Could you tell they really wanted to, to dig deep, if you will, for their goaltender? Yeah, that's what a team's all about. Um, you know, when, when, when one guy is uh, in a bit of in a situation and, um, you know, Obviously, it's it's a terrible thing that's going on, and uh, you know their team battled hard and, and pulled out a great game for them. In terms of playing from behind, it's been I think three or four games since you guys have actually had to play from behind. A little bit different uh, feel out there when you guys are trying to come from behind. <laughs> no, not really. Um, you know tonight's game was so tight, and um, they just keep going. Um, you know we were one shot away all night, and, and um, yeah. Breathe. That's Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid speaking to Brendan Ulrich. Final score, Senators 2, Oilers nothing. All right, now we will bring in Jason. Jason, thanks for waiting there, man. What's on your mind? No worries. Uh, I just got a few comments there. Uh, first one's about uh, um, Eric Greiba. I thought he kind of looked sloppy. I thought he was making poor uh, and slow puck decisions. Uh, and he just didn't, couldn't make the quick pass out, I thought. He was just kind of slow, and I just think it would be better to have somebody else up there. I'm not sure who, but somebody else. And then uh, also I think that, uh, that Pugliarvi, we definitely need to keep him because, uh, like, on a night like tonight, yeah, I think he's just going to get better as the season goes, and we're going to need the offense. And I don't like Dreisaitl playing with McDavid. I thought Dreisaitl was making poor, poor decisions with the puck today, too. So I don't know, like, uh, I think maybe if he's on the third line, that gives us a little more depth uh, playing against worse defensemen and worse forwards. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got for now. Yeah, I think, I think Jason, you, you especially make an interesting comment about Pugliarvi, who they've used sort of, not sparingly, maybe spottingly is a better word than sparingly. He hasn't been playing a lot in third periods. He played one minute in the third period tonight. He winds up playing just under 12 and a half minutes. And I, I still wonder what's going to happen to him. He's now up to his seven games. Does he get a couple on the road trip? And then the, do, they decide, do they decide to send him to the farm, especially if a couple other guys start getting healthy? I, you see potential with Pugliarve. Um To me, you don't always see the execution. No, he, he looks like an 18-year-old a lot. Um, I... I imagine he will see time in the minors this year. I think if the Oilers are healthy, he'll probably get some games down there where he'll play important minutes and important times because right now he doesn't have the, the trust of the coaching staff at certain situations, and, and rightfully so. Uh, he The puck has died on his stick a little bit, and, and I, I actually disagree with the last caller. I thought Drysaddle was much better with McDavid than he was through the first 40 minutes. Now, most players are going to be better with McDavid. Because he brings out the best to you, best in you. But he, at that point, Drysdale actually had players with offensive pedigree that he was playing with, and they created a number of chances. So uh, I, I, st I still think they'll go back with Lucic on that line. But after seeing what we saw in the third period and the number of chances McDavid, Drysdale, Neberly put together, I think Tom McCullen will be 
more apt to go towards that if the Oilers look stale to start a hockey game. So uh, Puljarvi is a work in progress, and he should be. He's 18 years old. Not a lot of players make that jump, and you can't have the same expectations for him as you would have for Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews just because he was a high first-round pick. Everyone takes their own sweet time to, to become National Hockey League players. He will be a good one eventually. Right now, he's still learning his way. Other NHL action tonight, the Capitals beat the Flames 3-1. Chicago shuts out L.A. 3-0. The Rangers ring up the Lightning 6-1. Islanders over the Maple Leafs 5-1. Edmonton at Toronto on Tuesday. Flyers edge the Hurricanes 4-3. Sabres beat the Jets 3-1. Panthers knock off the Red Wings 5-2. The World Series will continue. The Cubs win game 5-3-2 over Cleveland. The Senators win here in Edmonton 2-0. Bobby Ryan, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunities. Opportunity, we provide solutions. Uh, put into your words uh, this game here tonight. Uh, em emotional, I think, uh, is one word. Just leaving the, the X's and the O's and everything else aside, it was an emotional night for us as a, as a team. And uh, uh, what Andy did tonight was uh, pretty incredible to be around. It was a fun game to be a part of. He, uh, I mean, he held it together. It was great yeah. in the game, but then you can kind of see at the end, you know, the weight came off a little bit. Yeah. It was pretty emotional at the end. Yeah, yeah, he was, and uh, and rightfully so. And uh, the way he held it for 60 minutes, he got through it, uh, and, and pitched back-to-back -back shutouts uh, uh, speaks to his character. Um, and, and rightfully so that he should be overwhelmed at the end because uh, the room was as well. <laughs> That's Bobby Ryan, who had an empty netter tonight for Ottawa. Mike Hoffman had the game winner. Scott Johnson working the Sens room tonight. All right, we got a quick break for the 10.30 news. Jamie and Todd are up next on the phone lines. We'll also hear from the Oilers' Todd, Coach McClellan, as we move along. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. The Oilers are shut out for the first time this season. 2-0 Ottawa takes this tilt at Rogers Place. I can tell you that Edmonton was blanked eight times last year. Despite the loss, the Oilers 7-2 to wrap up the month of October. They start a five-game road trip in Toronto on Tuesday. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. We'll get to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan in a couple of minutes here, but I want to go to the phone lines as we have Jamie standing by. Hey, Jamie, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, yeah, uh, first thing is, like, I think this definitely goes down as the most competitive bar. Like, I, I was shocked at how little time and space there was at Straight up motivation of the and how they were quick on the puck and just buzzing like little bees. So I, I actually think the Oilers responded pretty good. I thought they were pretty calm and they they put up a hell of a fight. But uh, I also pulled GRB. Okay, the thing is, when his lid came off, and I actually got to look at the size of this guy's head, I was kind of scared. I was like, if I had to play against this guy, I would be nervous because he's like, this guy's a beast, Matt. He's getting in the corners, he's slashing, hacking the bone. I, I can't see how they send this guy down, so I hope they don't. But awesome game, but that's all I got. Yeah, we appreciate that, Jamie. Well, look, Pugliarvi's got a lot of potential. There's no doubt about that, and he is a 
he is a big human being. I mean, 6'4", 6'5", 200 plus pounds and, and still going to get bigger. So, but I, I think, you know, Jamie was talking about, uh, he cut out a little bit there, but I think he was talking about Ottawa, you know, doing a good job against the Oilers. And, and, and I thought the Oilers played a decent game defensively. We've talked, Rob, during this winning streak where we knew the Oilers weren't going to keep winning seven out of eight, keep having five game winning streaks. But you want to be in that situation where worst case scenario, you're within a shot going to the third, where maybe you can do something to tie up the game or you're tied going to the third or you're ahead by a goal. And, and, but you're in a situation where w another goal in the uh, third period goal puts you in a position to get at least a point out mm -hmm. of the game. They were in that position tonight, couldn't execute it. Well, in games like this, I mean, had the Oilers capitalized on one of their chances and the the who scored who was Hoffman all, got and, the, Ho the and Hoffman's goal doesn't go in, then all of a sudden we're talking about what a great defensive game the Oilers can play a one nothing win themselves. I mean, it, it's that close, and the line is very thin. I mean, the Oilers had. The Oilers had the better scoring chances over the course of the game. They had more of them. Uh, theirs just didn't go in, and the one Hoffman one did. So it, this isn't the Buffalo game all over again where the Oilers did not show up uh, from their goaltender all the way out. This is a game where the Oilers played good, not great, but played good, played good enough to win, had the better of the chances. And if, if over the course of the season the Oilers play, outplay their team or outshoot their team like they did tonight, they're going to win most of those games. So to me, they got to work on a few things. The power play has to be better. It's got to execute better. Uh, they got to create more down low in the offensive zone. they got to use their physicality more. they got to use their strength, get in front of the net for rebounds, for tips, for screens. Yes, but we could say that just about any team. And the Ottawa Senators, we, I mean, their coaching staff is going to have a whole... Uh, an entire plane ride worth of video to show their players where things went wrong for them. So at, if you were to not to see the score and were just to watch the game, I mean, you would think, oh, the Oilers must have won this game. They look like the better team, especially through the final 20. So that's a good thing. There was a lot of games in the past where the Oilers have, have laid eggs on home ice, and you're going home going, oh, you know, I'm not sure they're going to win on this next road trip. Uh, this is just a, a bump in the road, and they just got to learn from it and have a much better, much uh, quicker effort, quicker from the start of the game in Toronto. 2 nothing. the final tonight. We have Todd on the phone line as well. Hey, Todd, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Todd, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Yeah, I just got a few, uh, a few comments and some questions. I tell you, exciting team to watch. A lot of good things happening with this team this year. Um, I like uh, the play down low. It's a lot more aggressive than it was last year. There's no question about that. A few hops, a few bounces, they would have won that game. Completely outplayed the Senators, I think, for the most part. Like what they're doing with the defense. Really like what Larson's doing with the puck. Moves well, strong on the puck. He didn't lose a battle, I don't think, that I saw tonight at the game. Really, really, really strong there. A good defensive core, but my question is, is that defensive core that they got now enough to take them to the next level? I mean, you got some good rookies in there. I mean, you got some uh, you got some young players. You got some talented players, and they move the puck so well, so quickly. Like, can they take them to the next level? Well, well, I assume you're meeting a playoff spot, not the Stanley Cup, at the yet quite yet. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's a question for you. Uh, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins just won the Stanley Cup with a defenseman on the roster that got booed out of Edmonton and Justin Schultz. So uh, the Oilers, they need, I mean, this is not a Stanley Cup team yet. They're making strides towards it. But every, even Stanley Cup winning teams have, uh, 
I mean, they're not all all-stars. Uh, they just have to find the right roles for their players. Justin Schultz was booed out of Edmonton, found a nice home in Pittsburgh. He's back there again this year. And I, I was in Pittsburgh in August, and they, they loved him. They, 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 he was a second power play, third pairing type of guy. He's put in the proper role. So I, I think the Oilers are trying to find roles for all their players and have done a pretty good job, obviously, with a 7-2 and two start to the season. Uh, I think the Oilers will be a, a stronger team when Davidson is healthy and in the lineup. That'll give them better depth on the back end. Uh, Kajula playing possibly with a dry sidle or something, probably give them a little more offensive spurt up top in, in their top six or their top nine. So uh, they... This team still has some warts, but they're getting fewer and fewer. And uh, I, I don't, I don't think they're world beaters yet. But I don't think their seven and two record is, is a mirage. I think that they've earned what they've gotten thus far. And I mean, the caller said, uh, Todd said, you know, does the defense take them to the next level? To, to me, that's where the Oilers have been. Can they be in a large mix of teams that are trying to scratch out points and trying to hang on to a playoff spot? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, Russell, I, I think Russell, not just his ability, but his experience has helped. And and, clear, and clearly Larson has helped. And, and then, now, the the thing, and the one, an earlier caller asked about Griber. The only alternative to Griber right now is Matthew Benning. Maybe he's going get, to get a game here in the near future. But you're right, once Davidson, and even Fane is healthy, and I, and I know, you know, Fane has his detractors and he has his weaknesses, but, but even... He and Davidson as six, seven, eight guys. It gives you some gives you some options. Maybe depending on who they're playing, the strengths and weaknesses of that team, you can decide who plays. Well, I, I don't. I think Davidson's higher than a six on this team. I think he'd be your. Well, fifth I think he yeah. and Nurse are together. Yeah, I, I, I still, I think Davidson's probably right now a little bit ahead of Nurse on the, in the totem pole. Uh, but that'd be a pairing. I mean, you're not going to yeah, throw. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably it probably would be. Um, I mean, although we watched Davidson last year be their best defenseman for the Oilers down the stretch, and by a large margin, uh, he he will make them a stronger hockey club. They, uh, they uh, this this defense is much better than we've seen in the past. There's depth now. I mean, you you got kids down on the uh, in the minors that the Oilers would have had playing here before. Reinhardt would have played here before. Uh, Osterley's played a number of games up at this level. And they don't have to play now because the Oilers are stronger up top. Now those guys can go down there and they can learn their trade. They can get stronger. They can get better. They can get smarter, read the, the, read the situations better. And when they come up, then they can be put in the proper role and not asked to do too much. All right, 2-0. The Senators beat the Oilers tonight. Let's hear from head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, well, it was... We expected that from that team. They're they're proud players, and they're they're going to play that way for a teammate. And he had a, an exceptional night. I didn't think we we made it real hard on him or in and around the paint. Um, he was able to see the puck and able to to uh, to not really give up any secondary chances. And that's a lot to do with their team, but also a little bit to do with ours. So it's something we have to clean up. No, our power play was not good at all, and uh, you know. I look at our first period, I'm not sure we were really ready to go. Um, we won 11 of 14 face-offs and had six full minutes of power play and ended up with seven shots on goal. That's not a, a good recipe. Um, we kind of looked good doing nothing in the offensive zone. We moved it around, we, we got into the zone, but we didn't. We had no substance on it, no, uh, no attack and no um, tenacity to recover pucks. Um, that showed up later on in the third period when we were a little more desperate, but um, you need that early. You can't wade your way into a game like that. 
Yeah, just to uh, well, we're, you know, we needed some better performances from some some individuals. It's a long year. You're going to have some ups and downs, and when um, when people aren't going good, you try and shuffle them around and and find um, you know three or six or nine guys that are are uh, capable of clicking and, and getting something done, and, and we couldn't get we couldn't do that tonight. Well, the urgency for me to begin with, um, that happens. I think when you get repetitive power plays early in a game, uh, you can get comfortable. And it wasn't like, um, you know, we couldn't enter. We felt good because we were in their zone, but we, were, we looked good doing nothing. And um, there's no better way to put it. Um, you know, we were, we were a little bit slow on recovery. We looked for the... the the, the nice play instead of taking the shot and, and retrieving, getting pucks back. We didn't get pucks through on our shots, which is a little bit concerning for me, but um, we'll work on it. Yeah, in the first two, um, they were stripping pucks and they had some things on the goal. Um, you know, unfortunately, they couldn't finish, but they uh, they did have a little momentum and and a little pop in them. Um, the other lines, not so much. And then when we shuffled things around, um, found a few more players, but just not enough. Yeah, we were. We talked about it before the game. It was a, a huge mistake, a mistake that they didn't make. And if if they did, they they found a way to get out of it. But uh, we talked particularly about that situation, and uh, we got burnt on it. So. Uh, we weren't capable of grasping the concept and putting it into play on a consistent basis. And that's, that's a team that has still a lot of growth um, in front of them. No, um, you know, I, I've been asked that question about our starting or about our goaltending situation, about Benning, uh, Puliarvi a little bit, about Slepashev. Um, we had a, a winning formula going until tonight, so we weren't changing it. We felt good about everybody. Nobody was tired. Um, that's how it is in the National Hockey League. And uh, if you're not playing, you better be working hard in practice. You better be attentive in meetings. You better be prepared to go when your name is called. Um, as we go forward now, we'll look. We haven't played a set of back-to-backs. We haven't been on the road very much. Um, that will change, and, and we'll have to get fresh people in and out. But... Um, our team isn't tired, I can tell you that. There's no excuse there. You, had the, you talked about being a good start in the month of October. 7-2, probably be very happy with So now you head on the road for five. What do you feel is going to be that challenge on that five-game road trip for you to ensure that your team maintains when you start? Well, daily. Um, you know, I, I, we're not going to wrap it up in, in one big clump. We're going to go day by day. and um, Tomorrow we'll get on a plane and we'll... Um, you know, we don't practice because we've got to travel out east. We'll get on a plane and we'll sit with groups of individuals, work with their lines, work with the power play, try and get a practice in with actually, uh, without even skating. And uh, then we'll take it one game at a time. There's, uh, I was asked this morning, you know, what do you want to improve on? Um, we're nine games in and we're not the Stanley Cup champs, so how about everything? You know, that's the best way to put it. And then that'll be our approach on the road. 
All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Not happy with the power play, obviously, and not happy with the first period. I don't know if either coach was. The shots were 7-4 after the first period. Well, Ottawa I, was shorthanded at three. We're going to hear from Boucher in a few minutes. He's probably be like, what are we doing taking all these penalties in the yeah, first period? Although I think he'd be happy with the way the, the first period ended. You're on the road. Uh, you got a goalie coming back that wasn't with you. You give up, you know, three power plays against a, a unit that... That, that has Connor McDavid running the show and you only give up seven shots. So it, it was a road period for Ottawa. And then the Oilers unfortunately played into Ottawa's game in the first period by just having a slow, boring, not a lot happening type of game. That's how Ottawa needed to play. And, and they did it well enough through 40 minutes to set themselves up for a win in the third. 2 nothing. the final. We'll go to the phone lines with Kevin when we get back and sends Coach Guy Boucher as well. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. An emotional victory for Ottawa Senators goaltender Craig Anderson. He's the first star, a 37-save shutout after returning from a leave of absence because his wife, Nicole, has been diagnosed with cancer. 2-0 Senators beat the Oilers tonight. We have Kevin on the phone line. Hey, Kevin, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Good. How are you? Good. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, just a couple comments. First of all, I'd like to say uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just happened to have taken my son and myself. We went to Winnipeg uh, for the Heritage Classic and had a great time. Winnipeg put on a great show, and that uh, was a great weekend. Uh, second of all, let's talk about the power play a little bit. And I thought I'd discuss a little bit. Now that we're, uh, we're getting great goaltending and our defense is uh, getting us on a end a little quicker, uh, we're scoring 22 more goals off the rush, which is also leading to uh, us getting more power plays. Uh, I, I think it's really important that we need to find a way to get that defenseman that we really need. And I also think that we need to get somebody up there that can shoot the puck and put it in the net. But I know Rob's a big Everlay fan, but... You know, he's had he said three chances today and some 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 more in the past, and he's just just not finding a way, you know, to put him in the net for a guy that's making you know good money. And um, just want your comments to that, and I'll hang up. Thanks, take my call. Thanks, Kevin. Well, it's for Everly. I mean, there's on the power play, he's going to be there. And sometimes they're going in for him, sometimes they're not. I mean, no one else right now is putting the puck in the net with any consistency. Uh, finding a defenseman that can play there to be that, that's what the Oilers look for all summer long. They they were looking for that top defenseman to run their power play. Teams aren't giving them up. And I, I'm sure Peter Shirelli would love for someone to call him tomorrow and say, you know what, we've got this guy who can run your power play. He's an all-star and, and we'd love to make a deal with you. But teams with those players, they don't trade them. They just don't. Unless they're getting something similar back, like Weber going for, for Subban. I mean, the, Montreal was willing to get rid of Subban, but they needed someone to do the same thing coming back, and they got you Weber. see that shot Weber made last night? It's sick. It's <laughs> sick what he can do. Obviously, Weber would be fantastic on the PP here for the Oilers, but the Oilers didn't have enough to, get, to, to give up to get him. So, uh, yeah, the Oilers' power play would be better if they had a right-handed shot with a bomb of a slap shot. They don't have it, so they're trying to create way, goals other ways. Uh, I know that at one point, Clefbaum was out there starting with the McDavid line on the PP. Halfway through that PP, they pulled him off on a whistle and put Secker out there. Uh, they just don't have, there's no fear factor when those guys are back there on the power play. But the Oilers are trying to 
uh, create and execute different ways. Unfortunately, tonight it didn't work. And I still think there are ways to score without, I mean, it yeah, helps to have a bomb yep. from point, but there are other things to do. And I know that's, that's probably, like you, like you referenced, that's probably the next thing on Peter Shirelli's wish list. I think t two summers ago it was a goaltender. I think this summer... It was a defensive defenseman, and now it's it's probably an offensive defenseman. And I I, I hate I hate to say this to fans, but you might have to you might have to wait a little bit for that. We'll, well see. Yeah, I mean, and the others are losing valuable. Pe I mean, Taylor Hall would have been the best person to get that. They don't have him no more, so I don't know if the others have enough uh, to give up to get something like what they need. Craig Anderson. Not uh, made available to the media tonight. I think that's understandable. But here's the head coach of the Senators, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. It's Guy Boucher. Needless to say, coach, this will be one to be remembered, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a, that was very special. Um, I think it was special for our goaltender, his family. His wife, uh, our players, and uh, I thought I really respected the fact that uh, the, Oilers, the Oilers organization and their players, their and their fans showed a lot of respect and support. And I mean, there's we love hockey; it's a great game, uh, but there's things that are bigger. And I think there's a lot of people that show that tonight. See the emotion that happened at the end of the game. How impressive is it? I mean, he held it together an entire game. Was so focused and. Obviously, there was a lot of emotion there. Yeah, you know, when you when you look at uh, uh, this game, it, it's uh, obviously the players want to play for uh, for Craig and <clears throat> and his family, and uh, uh, we, we usually get a lot of shots. And uh, I think the, the players wanted to defend so well. I think that's was that was the whole mindset. And we could hear our offensive players the whole game on the bench talking about defending and paying the price, and then and making sure that we weren't given any freebies and. And, you know, as the game went on, you were watching Craig and you just couldn't help but being inspired by, by him. What was it like on the bench, Coach, in the final few minutes, few seconds, uh, going through all that? Uh, honestly, I think very focused. Um, very, very focused and very dedicated. Uh, you know, I, I think this team has, has lived quite a few things since the beginning of the year. Um, and to be able to rally like that uh, shows a lot of character. Um, you know, you want to play for, for somebody, you want to play for a cause. Uh, but in the end, I think the players also played for themselves. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's a special night where you get, the, you get the result going your way on top of it. So uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I, it's one of those special moments. Yeah, special moment for the Ottawa Senators. And quite frankly, I, I think for everybody who watched this game, I know as Oilers fans, you're disappointed they couldn't get the win tonight. But uh, classy move by the fans who were in the building right to the end. Standing ovation for Craig Anderson. He comes up big with his wife fighting cancer. He returned from a leave of absence last night to play this game. Okay, so that ends it for the month of October for the Oilers. They do do well. They finish 7-2. and two. Now some tough tests ahead including a five-game road trip starting Tuesday in Toronto. We'll have that for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 4 in the afternoon and that game will start at 5.30. More on the Oilers page on 6.30Chet.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30Chet. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. 
Senators two, Oilers nothing. Have a great night.